Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic on 720 WGN. My name is Ken Edwards from the Midwest Coalition of Labor. I'm here with Ed Maher from Local 150, the Operating Engineers. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Ken. How's it going today? It's going good, real good. It's big. cold, but it's beautiful out. Well, it's a beautiful day because the Workers' Mic, uh, the Workers' Mic, the Workers' Amendment, I should say, has finally been called by the Associated Press. That's right. We knew that it was going to pass uh, right after Election Day, and we spiked the football last week. But that's not going to stop us from making the announcement again this week that uh, the Associated Press finally caught up, called the race, and uh, there have been victory parties uh, all over the city with uh, different worker organizations and unions throughout the course of this week. And uh, I don't know about you, but I still smell like a saloon. (laughs) Well, you always smell like a saloon. Yeah, I don't even drink. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's just hard to smell like a saloon when you don't drink. Yeah, but it's huge. It's huge news. Once again, I mean, we've talked an awful lot about it. Um, but one of the one of the things that we found in the results of this is in the breakdown of all the numbers, this amendment polled better than Democratic statewide candidates or Republican statewide candidates in every county in Illinois. That's amazing. And what does that mean? It means that workers are bigger than politics. This isn't a Democrat thing. This isn't a Republican thing. Workers are more popular than all of that. It's something that everybody can relate to. Um, and, and, we, and we have been talking about this for the past four or five weeks here on this show, and that is when you strip away the politics, because this was not a Democrat issue, it was not a Republican issue, it was not a gun issue, it was not an abortion issue. When you strip away all of these issues and you simply put workers on the ballot, the workers themselves are smart enough to vote for themselves. It's just right. that simple, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody has seen something happen to someone or has been through something at work um, where they where they just don't want to get hassled at work. We go to work to uh, to make a difference, to earn a living, to support our families, uh, but we don't need to be hassled. Nobody likes being hassled at work, so if uh, if you can take an easy step to protect your rights, which is what this was, um, people did it. People yeah, understood. Yeah, kudos to the to the people of Illinois. Yeah, thank everybody who voted for that. And thanks to everybody who, uh, quite frankly, supported this uh, important constitutional amendment. It's the first one in the United States, but as Ed said, it won't be the last. That's exactly right. There's uh, eyes of the country were on this, and uh, I think it'll be spreading around before you know it. A blueprint, um, if you will. Yeah, I mean, basic protections, which I think is something that our uh, our friends, the employees over at Twitter, would probably love to have this week. I think they probably would love to have had this already. Right. And uh, now that there's, what, a third of them left? I don't even and, know if and it's... dropping? Yeah, earlier this week, um, Elon Musk put out an email to everyone, and this is after firing half of the staff. Yeah. Uh, he put out an email just saying, hey, we've got to work longer hours, we've got to be really hardcore, just this super hardcore startup mentality, and just said, if you want to be in on this, click uh, click here and you know fill out the Google form, and if you don't, We'll give you three months severance, and I think they say about up to seventy five percent of those employees took the severance package. So, and then he had to walk that back too, right? I, I mean, mean, he's walked back everything so far. Yeah, you fire half your staff and lose three quarters of the rest. I'm I'm not very good at math. Didn't, but, didn't he fire the guy that like literally had the keys to the building? Yeah, after he's, <laughs> he fired the guy who runs the building security, and they turned off their own like key card access to the building, so they had to call him back. He was on, he posted on Twitter about it. But um, they had to call him back just to get in the building. So he literally bought a $44 billion empty building. It's getting emptier by the day, it sounds like. Um, But I I would like to say this is something that hopefully Elon Musk has learned in the last 48, 72 hours. Even the guy who keeps the building open and keeps the doors unlocked is an important employee. 
Um, yeah. know, there, there is dignity in every job out there, and there, every every single person plays an important role. And I think he may have forgotten about that. But um, one I think, of, you know, I think it's it, it's funny that you say that because I think that some people, quite frankly, themselves have forgotten about that, and and others think that you know they're not as important. Uh, the janitor, like, oh, you know, I have to clean up after everybody, and you know, my job is not worth uh, you know whatever it is. But there's dignity in that job, and then the inverse is. You have these, you know, these guys that were in this startup land and tech land, and these engineers, and and that were just getting showered with money. Right. And guess what? They're expendable. Right. And you know who you need? They got to open the door. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. They got to turn on the heat. You know, the guy that to fix the plumbing. Right. And so these engineers are like, oh, you know, I'm invincible. I'm making millions of dollars. And, you know, I have this great career. I'm 24 years old and I have a fancy car and I live in a cool place. Well, you just got fired. And speaking of real people. Yeah. Uh, we've got to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to have Mike Gagola. He's an electrician with the IBEW, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 134. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his journey from starting out to, to where he is today. And, I'm uh, psyched to hear it. Yeah, he's got a great story. So uh, please stick around. We'll be right back here on The Worker's Mic on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to 720 WGN, The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. We have a great guest on today, Mike Gagola. He is an electrician from Local 134. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. That's great to see you, Mike. So, I mean, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? What do you uh, What do you do now? Uh, I'm currently the lead organizer for IBW Local 134. Well, that's okay. cool. That's a cool job. How long have you been doing that? Um, since 2017, so five years roughly. And you organize members into 134. Correct. Or members and contractors. Is so. it an easy sell? Absolutely not. <laughs> you would think it would. It be, should be not. right. Right. Is it an easy sell for the workers, or is it a is, is it a hard sell for the workers? To be honest with you, it's a lot harder than you would expect. Yeah, no, I know. I did it a long time at, at a, another union as well for local one hundred and fifty, and you would think it's like. Oh, it's a slam dunk, right? I'm offering well, you like you're walking this, in there with like, with offering you know uh, massive increases in pay, but also benefits that a lot of them don't have. And and you you you're right. You would think that'd be an easy sell. So you have an interesting background, and 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 I want to talk about it. Um, let's start with you know where are you from? Uh, I grew born and raised on the northwest side of Chicago, Jefferson Park area. Okay. Um, so you're a Sox fan? I'm joking. Yeah. Let's not get into I'm that. Not answering that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and how old are you now? Uh, Fifty one. Okay. And when did you like? So you went to high school in Chicago. Yeah, I graduated. Went to Gordon Tech High School. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so no college. No college. And uh, became an electrician. Correct. All right. And when you first started working. Were you working union or non-union? I was working non-union for about three or four years. Okay. And what was it like? Um, at that time, I didn't really know any different. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it was, I thought it was good at that time un- until 
things started changing and I wasn't getting a paycheck every once in a while because the company couldn't pay me or they didn't get paid or whatever the case may be. And how did you learn your skills? Did you Was it just from watching the, the, the men and women beside you or did somebody pull you in? Was there any kind of training? No, there was just the, the guy I was working with at the time. He was the quote-unquote journeyman. Um, he was also the owner of the company and he basically taught me what I knew on the job. And when you and when you started working there, did you did they give you a pension? Absolutely not. Did they give you health insurance? No. Did they give you a four hundred one k? No. Did you did not. you have enough money that you were bringing home where you could put a little bit aside to save for a rainy day? Not at that time. Okay. There there was nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Just like it was the, just a paycheck, the check. That was it. So and you kept at this for a while with without real training, without benefits, without a, a meaningful paycheck. And at what point did you start to think that there might be a little bit something more? Um, it actually, it happened on the job site. So uh, some union reps showed up. This was back in the early nineties. Union reps showed up and they started talking, and I started listening. And uh, obviously, the owner of the company wasn't happy at that time that, that they were there. So that sort of tweaked my interest because I'm like, if he's not happy, then something's got to be going on. It must be good for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. That's interesting. Yeah. So and so, what happened? Did the company ultimately join 134? Yes, they did. They uh, did? It took about six months um, of conversations with 134, and ultimately, they became union. And did... Uh, and how? Because they had the support of the employees, or explain. Yeah, so there was uh, probably at, at that time we probably had about five guys working on the job site, um, all in their mid twenties, couple of thirties and forty year olds, and the older guys actually said, "You know what, kid? This is you should join the union." We never had an opportunity back when we were younger. But you're young enough to do it. It's the best thing you can do for your future. That is great advice. Yeah, that's, that's 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 nice, by the way, because sometimes you hear from like older guys that are, you know, not union and bitter, like well, I paid my dues and you know I I made four bucks an hour and you should too, and that, that's nonsense. So that you you were you were lucky. So you so the company itself joined the union. Yes. So you didn't even have to switch companies. No. Nope. Yeah. And, and exactly. what happened to your wages? Uh, my wages increased, and I got an education. Really, in, in in what regard? So, with my experience, I, I at that time I knew enough to be Dudley. Basically, <laughs> you know, I knew I knew what a black wire was. I knew what a white wire was, and I knew how to bend a little bit of conduit here and there. So, uh, once the company became union, uh, we all were invited to take a test to see where we'd go into the program. Mm -hmm. I started off as a first-year apprentice, so I worked three years. I actually did take a little bit of a pay cut going into the apprenticeship, um, but the education was tenfold. And when you say pay cut, you mean a tiny step backwards to move up giant step forward. Huge, huge steps forward. And did you start getting pension right away? Absolutely. And, the minute I got out of my apprenticeship and, school, medical started. Health insurance? Absolutely. Pension, so, annuities, you know, we had vacation pay, all of that stuff. So your wages went down temporarily, but you started getting these benefits that previously had been coming out of your check. And, yes. uh, and then when you're in the apprenticeship, every six months, I think it is, with yes. the electricians, you get a raise per the contract. So you don't have to ask for it. You don't have to look for it. It comes. It's in the contract. Automatically. So apprentices get raises every six months, and then we get our regular union raise the first Monday of every June, like clockwork, on top of that raise. So some, some years, most years, I got two or three raises, which I would have never gotten if I was non-union. So when you got this training, when you started participating in a, in a training program, 
Um, how quickly did you see your progression as an electrician with all the new things that you were able to do and different jobs you were able to uh, to qualify for? Um, I will tell you what. The training was 11 weeks, five days a week, eight hours a day. And from the time I started till the time I finished that 11 weeks, it was like I was a completely different individual. Really? I, I, I started understanding the theory. I learned how to bend pipe properly. Um, I learned how to do circuitry. Everything that I need to know to be a No longer deadly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No <laughs> longer deadly. Less yeah. deadly. Less deadly, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you're working around, you know, high voltage, right? Like, yeah. Like really complicated things. Yes. And you want, you know, a certified, trained electrician, you know, working on this stuff. Absolutely. For your sake and for the sake of the people working around you, for the sake of the people that are going to be working in the building that you're wiring, I mean, it, uh, the benefits of the safety, they really trickle down fat, farther than, than a lot of people realize. Oh, it's, it's incredible. And then how long did you work for that company? Um, I stayed employed with that company probably into my third year apprenticeship. Okay. Uh, so about three years. And what made you move? Um, the, actually, the gentleman uh, ended up retiring and closed down the shop. Okay. So And then, but now you had some skill under your belt, right? Yeah. And you were able to jump to another company right away? Yeah. The, what happens is the apprenticeship school assigned me to another company once I was done with that company. Wait a second. You're telling me that they actually got you a job? Absolutely. You don't even have to go look for a job? I didn't have to fill out any help wanted forms or anything. I, I got a job probably within a week of when that company closed down. Jesus. This sounds like it made life easier in every respect possible. Oh. And, and by this time... You're bringing home enough money where you can start to save a little bit too, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I bought a, my first brand new car. I, I mean, started buying stuff that you know twenty year olds want, mid twenty year olds want. All the yeah. to- all the toys. The toys started. Yeah, yeah. You, exactly. you weren't. I, I take it you weren't married at this point. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> not st- no. You were still allowed to buy stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You could trade in the toys for a couple of kids. Yeah. Right. right. So, now, exactly. so so fast forward, right? So now now you now you're working. How long did you work before you went on staff at 134? Um, 20, 21, 22 years. So you're 22 years in the trade, uh-huh. and then you go on staff. Yep. Now, let's, let's move backwards. At some point, you get married, I'm assuming, correct? I did. Okay. And you buy a house? Yes, we did. Um, where do you live? Right now, I live in Huntley. Oh, my God. You runner. Yes. Unbelievable. <laughs> We Huntley. bought our we bought our first house in Rolling Meadows as I was a fourth year apprentice. Well, you just keep getting further away, huh? Yeah. Out where the air is crisp. <laughs> yeah. So, you got kids? I do. I have a daughter that's a senior in college and a son that's a senior in high school. And um, is your son thinking on uh, college? Is he thinking on what's he what's he looking at doing after after high school? Actually, uh, this last Monday, he just signed up for our trainee apprenticeship program. You're kidding me! So, so you're telling me that you started off working as an electrician non-union. You came into local 134, became a union trained electrician, and now your your son is going to start the second generation of that for your family. This started a whole new tradition for your family. Yeah, it seems that way. That's a story yeah. we hear a lot, and it's it, you know it puts a smile on my face because it it doesn't come from nothing. It comes from a really positive experience that you've had, um, you know, and something that your your family wants to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, let's face it. If if you know if you listen to the rhetoric of oh my god the unions are just there to take your dues and they're going to do nothing for you and they're going to rip you off and blah 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 all the stuff that we hear and 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 we're part of the you know 
part of this radio show is to get the word out. You know, we're all, like I've always said, we're our own best kept secret. Mm-hmm. You know, these type of stories that you're talking about are, are, are telling because your kid wouldn't be joining the union if you didn't have a good experience in the union. Exactly. You're, how much debt does your daughter have from school? Very minor. Why? Because I have a great union wage and benefits, I was able to pay for it. That's awesome, right? I mean, yeah. so you got a house, you got kids, she's got no debt, you got a kid going into the trades. I'm assuming you don't have the toys anymore? Uh, just one. <laughs> yeah, got, everything what, else is what, gone. What, a motorcycle? No, a boat. Oh. That one I won't give up. <laughs> but, you know. Got to stand for something. Been married for many years, and my wife was able to stay home with the kids and raise the kids. Yeah, I mean that's that an, that, that's a great point. You know, we don't talk about that enough as, as well. And I think that's I'm glad that you brought that up. I've like you know when I was organizing, you know, a lot of times that one of the the, the main the very first benefit that somebody would realize is that they got a pace increase enough where it would offset what the wife was making mm-hmm. and so she would be able to stay home with the kids thereby actually saving money on child care child care yep. so literally it's just like pushing money back in their pockets and you know I hate to say it but you know it's the nuclear family like having some a, a stay-at-home parent too yep. often you're looking at you know two parents are working they're putting their kids in in daycare and they, they you know they leave them at seven in the morning they pick them up at six o'clock at night you know, I mean, it is, you know, necessity, I guess, but wouldn't it be nice to have a, a parent that could, can stay at home, you know, if they so chose, right? They yeah. don't have to, obviously. It's something that used to be an option, but I think for, for so many people now, it doesn't even seem possible. But, I mean, it's here we are, we're sitting, we're hearing it, it's happening, it's possible, it's out there. No, it's possible if you want, if, if you want to do it. You yeah. got a good story. So, we got to wrap up, but if somebody wants to contact you or contact 134 and find out more about joining uh, IBW, uh, who should they call? They could call right down to the Union Hall and ask for Mike Agola, and they'll give them my name and number. And What's the phone number at the hall? 312-454-1340. 1340. There you go. And talk to Mike Gagola. Mike, thank you so much for, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure, Mike. Yeah. Thank you so much. Best My to pleasure. you and your family, both of your kids. Thank you. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor, right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. This is Ed. First of all, a big thanks to Mike Agola for sharing his experience. It's really, it's interesting to hear somebody's perspective that it's worked, you know, non-union, union, union, actually working for the union. I mean, just like a fantastic success story. Yeah, you can sit and and hear us talk about the stories that we've seen, but actually hearing it from a guy who's lived it. Yeah, um, and, and hopefully one day the workers of Starbucks, for example, will be able to tell the same story that, you know, they struggled and and they fought hard for a union. And hopefully we can fast forward a few years from now and they'll be able to literally say what Mike just said. Well, this this was a big week for Starbucks. They had um, they had over 100 stores nationwide to go on strike. And I think there were three around Chicago. Yeah. 
uh, and they picked Red Cup Day, which I, I don't know what does that mean. So Red Cup Day, uh, apparently it's it's one of Starbucks' biggest days of the year. But they, if you order a fall inspired drink, you get a reusable cup, and I think you can get that filled up with coffee or I don't know whatever. It's a big thing where you come in, you get your Red Holiday cup, and everybody else on the street sees you with your Red Holiday cup and knows how cool you are because you go to Starbucks. Um, but they picked that day. It's like the Black Friday for Starbucks. They picked that day to go on strike. And one of the uh, locations outside Chicago, they were outside, and uh, they were asking people to pass up Starbucks, go somewhere else. But they were also uh, offering out red Solo cups, <laughs> and they were filling it up with coffee that they were brewing right right out there on the street. So I've never had coffee in a red Solo cup, but I've had other things. Yeah, red Solo cups. It's usually more like a nighttime cup. Or if you're a day drinker. Yeah, I mean, you know, who isn't among us, right? Like your kids, you know, baseball game or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they've they've got uh, you've got your yeti for that now, <laughs> so nobody can see it. Nobody can see in that thing. Um, I, I got to tell you though, I I give all the credit in the world to these Starbucks workers that are taking this thing from nothing, uh, one store in Buffalo. Kudos to everybody mm-hmm. to you know having a nationwide organizing campaign i just saw recently as well i think the national labor relations board um they filed several injunctions now against uh starbucks to stop union busting stop firing people for supporting the union and i think i just read i can't remember where i read it but i just read something to the effect of they filed a nationwide injunction now against starbucks to say hey stop firing union workers well right the the purpose let's remember the purpose of the national labor relations act um, it's a federal law, and it gives workers the right to decide whether they want to organize. That's workers. So in a situation like we have at Starbucks or so many other companies, workers decide that they want to do this. They want to bargain collectively, and their employer gets word of it and brings in, you know, what do they call them, union avoidance consultants. Uh, we union call busters. them union busters. Absolutely. But before that even happens, they start taking the people that are starting this and firing them, which is illegal. The employer doesn't have any business getting involved in this. It's the employee's right to decide. Um, and so I, I was happy to see a federal agency giving a little bit of protection, saying, stay out of this. It's not your place. The only problem is, of course, that these federal laws, and I think the National Labor Relations Board, there's no monetary penalty there's no labor board jail right i mean so a company can go yeah you're right i, I did fire those 10 people and it three was years ago yeah five years ago and it, it was because of their union activity i'm really really sorry so i'm going to post this notice on the back right. of the bathroom door and i'm going to say i'm really sorry i won't do that again right and that's there, literally the remedy and and i understand and meanwhile the the workers are are sitting there waiting for this long process to play out yeah. and looking for another job and you know i think one of the good things that we can see out of this is the movement with starbucks and with so many others is growing and the companies are doing themselves no favors i mean starbucks is now being slapped by a federal agency for bringing in union busters they're also uh kind of pushing more stores to do this because the stores are seeing um you know that that people are being retaliated against they're yeah, seeing they're, that they're it, seeing the reaction they say hey, this is the company that i work for right. the, a company that's going to fire you know a mom with two kids that works here for her living because she's trying to organize a union right I mean, that's going to piss you off against the company. The company is not, you know, garnering any goodwill from either their employees or, quite frankly, the public. Right. Right. And as, uh, you know, as we've heard from several union leaders um, in the past couple of weeks, 
negotiating the contract is the hard part. Getting the union voted in is very, very important. But if you can't negotiate a first contract, that recognition doesn't mean anything. Correct. And these workers have seen that in places where they've been recognized, Starbucks shows up and they don't bargain in good faith. They'll set up like a four-hour bargaining session. They'll walk in, say good morning, say we're going to go sit in the other room and talk and that they just run out the clock. They're not bargaining in good faith. And their workers see this. This is not a a good actor. So if there's no loyalty from Starbucks, why should they be loyal to Starbucks? We're seeing the strength of the workers play out in real time. And lastly, just real quick, Second Medieval Times organized. They got it. I saw that. Right? Second castle out in California. (laughs) Two castles down. (laughs) What, ten to go? Storm the castle. (laughs) All right. Well, stick with us. Uh, After this, we're going to have Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial joining us. Uh, You won't want to miss it. He's a wealth of information. So uh, be sure to come back and join us right here on The Worker's Mic on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to The Worker's Mic on 720 WGN. I'm Ken, he's Ed, and we are lucky today to have Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial with us again. Backed by popular demand. Yeah, very popular. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> happy to be here, fellas. Happy to be here. And by the way, it's uh, my birthday today. I forgot to tell you that. Is that right? Happy yeah. birthday. 49. So I'm going to go start going backwards after this one. So. You can start doing like your second annual 49th birthday type of thing. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So are you drunk already? No, uh, not yet. No, okay. okay it's enough. five o'clock somewhere, but not, <laughs> not here right now. We'll get our producers to get out there and pick up a cake. So let's chat now. Uh, this is your second time on the show, and you know I found it fascinating your first time on the show um, because I think, like you said, a lot of people don't know the benefits that they have. You know, especially in the union world, and and some of them are hard to navigate. Um, you know, you had mentioned um, before we got on the air. You know, what Carl Coker had said about, you know, having some live people answer the phone and how that how that's a really uh, a positive thing for us and our members. You guys have the same thing, but you take it one step further. Explain. Yeah. So, you know, I listened to that episode. I thought it was great. And, you know, we our business model is is really very alike on Carl Coker's uh, business model. But, you know, we have we have two young ladies, three young ladies that answer the phone. We have, you know, Sylvia, Heather, Madeline, Jenny sometimes. And, you know, they're, they're super, super nice, super sweet people, fun to talk to. But then we actually have live financial advisors that will actually go to your house. Really? Yeah, sit at your kitchen table, you know, talk to you, your spouse, you know, if kids want to kind of listen in, whatever they want to do. And, you know, we go over what your benefits are. So wherever that is, if you want to come to our office, we have three of them here in the Chicagoland area, one in Orland Park. That's our hub. Mm-hmm. We have an office in Oak Brook and then one here in the city. Uh, so we do that. You can meet there if you're more comfortable. You're getting out of work, whatever you can come to. We go to your homes, wherever that may be. That's a really nice benefit, huh? Well, a couple of weeks ago, we had Jim Sweeney from the Operating Engineers Local 150 on, and he talked about the importance of, as a union organizer, sitting down at the kitchen table and talking through it and making it a family affair rather than you know a cold institutional experience, but those kitchen table conversations being so important. So is that what you find as well? Yeah, because, you know, it's individual. You know, you can sit there and you can show people bullet points and highlights, and this is why you want to join the union. Uh, but you sit there with a, with a husband and a spouse, and in, and you're going over their their benefits and the impact of those benefits on their lives, and it it truly is amazing, man. I mean, I could tell you, I my first 
my first experience with the union, I was a, a part-time supervisor at UPS when I was uh, in college. So I was on the other side. Yeah. And the only experience I had, I had to fire this one guy like 10 different times only because he wasn't coming to work. He was late for work, not coming to work. And the only the only experience I had was the union would always give this guy, get his job back. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this all about? Now, you know, I've been in this, uh, working in this union world now for 20 plus years, and I've seen thousands of success stories mm-hmm. i mean i see i see men and women living you know fantastic middle class lives they have summer homes they have boats they have snowmobiles they're you know paying for their kids college so that the kids don't have to accrue debt yeah. i've seen a thousand personally a thousand retirements i mean these people are living the life man mm-hmm. i mean their their income is great their health insurance benefits are great they have homes in florida to and, that, and that's in. why we're here i mean right honestly that one of the reasons that we're here ron you hit the nail on the head is that we're our own best kept secret and not right. anymore we're trying to get this message out that we do have all of these things now that being said everything you just said is perfect except during negotiation time during negotiations we have no money Remember that. Okay. You understand? <laughs> How much do uh, union workers make, Ken? Not enough. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Got it. So let, let, let's, say, let's pivot to this. What happens if you don't pay attention to your benefits? I mean, ex- explain that. Yeah. You know, I, I have a good story for that. So um, you, you have to start at a young age and understanding what the benefits are because they are that unbelievable. They truly are. Because uh, you never know what's going to happen in life. I have two electricians i got to tell you about, uh, Glenn and Don. Uh, and I met Don at a retirement seminar. His brother, Glenn, never attended a seminar. Uh, Don, uh, you go to their house for, for uh, dinner, and we kind of go over his plan, talk about his income, talk about Social Security, what his wife is going to live on, their health insurance benefits. And we end up uh, finding somewhere to put his, his uh, 401K or his annuity, roll that over. And I looked over to his brother. And I said, all right, Glenn, you know, what's, what's your story? And he's like, well, I got $100,000 in my John Hancock fund that I want you to, to help me roll over. And I said, okay, well, let me, let me do some due diligence. Let me, uh, you know, I got to do my job. I can't just put your money somewhere. Right. You know, what are you living on? And he's like, well, you know, I got disabled Social Security disability 10 years ago. And, you know, I'm living on 2500 bucks a month from there. And that's it. And, you know, I'm, I'm forced to live with my kid in Tennessee because I have no money. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, all right, well, if you have $100,000 in your annuity, you have to have had to become vested in some Sure, money. you must have worked for some years, right? You, you, yeah. yeah, unless you're the most lucky day trader out there, <laughs> you have to, you've had to accumulate something. Right. So I said, all right, let's stop the meeting now, and then let me go do my homework, and, and I'll get back to you with some, some info. Lo and behold, this guy had about two different pension plans that he was due. One was $1,000 a month coming to him, and another one was $1,500 a month. So now... Doubling you know, his income. Yeah. So he's going he's gonna to live on over five grand a month. He's good. But the, the $1,000 a month pension plan went all the way back and paid him retroactively a check for like $90,000. And to make the story even better... He, he got it like three days before Christmas. Wow, so yeah. a, a check for ninety grand, and he was able to buy a home in Mundelein with that money. Wow. The Is sat- this kid living with him now? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> haven't checked back, but yeah, maybe. He's in the back in the trailer. Now, the bad part about the story, though, is that $1,500 a month pension plan, you had to apply for it within six months of being awarded disability. That's part of the plan. Sure. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's the rules. Yep. So he walked away and didn't receive $1,500 a month for 10 years. 
I mean, that's $180,000 that, that it's not his anymore. Right. Wow. So going forward, he's getting, he's getting yeah, it. Sure. But he never, so my whole point is, is you want to find out these benefits because you never know what's going to happen in your lives. And it really is, it's, it's good to understand these benefits because you're going to, your life's going to change. You're going to inherit money, you know, down the road, you know, uh, maybe you win the lottery, you do something, but you want to, you want, when you're investing that money, you want to make sure that you invest it efficiently with an understanding of what those pensions are. Mm-hmm. And, and so you literally, I mean, this is a perfect point. You put your head in the sand and don't pay attention. You might lose 180 grand. Right, that you had coming to you that you didn't know. I mean, it happened, and, and you know, like, like and I'm everything. sure it happens more than than we probably know about, quite right. frankly, right? Here, I mean, I get it, man. I mean, if you don't understand something, yeah, it just goes in a pile, right? Because you got to you got to spend the time to understand it, then yeah. you got to spend the time to deal with it. It's just better just to put it off because life is busy. Sure, but, but you but, owe it to yourself to 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 understand this. You thing. owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family, and, and quite frankly. I hate to say it, but you make it pretty easy because right. you literally come to their house and explain it to them in plain English. Like I've talked to you on the phone about various things that you know I, I myself find complicated, and you have a very uh, a very good way of breaking things down and making them simple. Well, we and, know, and that's important for us. You know, we know a lot about a little. So, yeah, of course, <laughs> right? Know. Yeah, and you know, we yeah, I mean, we yeah, we 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 will sit with you. So obviously, if you're a union leader and you want to offer something like that to your to your membership, you mm-hmm. can call us. If you're a union member of the MCL mm-hmm. and you want to know about your benefits, yeah. you can call us. And what, are the, what number do they call? Uh, 708-444-1090. Say it again. 708-444-1090. And is there a website? Yeah, www.megent.com. And there's also an email on the website that you can uh, ask some questions to and we'll respond back to you quickly. That's great. Something that we talked about the last time that you were on that I think is so important is a lot of folks when they come into a, a, a construction union, one of the um, one of the MCL unions, they're so busy learning the trade. They're starting off as a carpenter or an electrician or an operating engineer that that's what they're focused on. And because the benefits that they get are automatic, they come from the contract. The member doesn't have to you know pick how much money is going in where. It's just automatic. So it's easy to forget about that or not to get involved. And I know um, at, at Local 150, we have a class just for telling members, here are all the benefits that you get. Uh, but it's still really confusing because there are so many different things. So um, you know, it, it just goes back to talking about how important it is when you have all these benefits that there's someone who can remind you over the course of your career you have all this because, you know, I think a lot of folks are uh, in a position maybe when they're in their 40s where they start to think, you know, when will I be able to uh, retire? Will I be able to afford to retire? And I would imagine that a lot of them are pleasantly surprised to, to talk to you when you can tell them all the different benefits that they have. Yeah, again, I mean, it, it's, it's um, we, we tell people that, you know, the unions build these plans for you. And they will educate you if they have us doing seminars. They, they, they have webinars. They have yeah. classes like 150 does. But the crazy part about that is when you retire, the union can't give you advice. Right. So they've built this exotic sports car for you. <laughs> right. Right. They can't and tell then, you how to drive it. And then when you retire, yeah. they're going to hand you the keys. Right. 
and and we don't drive it for them. Sure, you know, but we're sitting in the passenger seat with the you know the suicide brakes to make sure you don't fly <laughs> off the cliff. But you know, to to your point too, Ed. You know, I was with uh, it wasn't an MCL union. I was, we were talking to the we talked to all the apprenticeship a lot of the apprenticeships, and we were talking to the painters um, mm-hmm. district council apprenticeship on Wednesday and Thursday this week, uh-huh. and uh, uh, I think it was Dan Pensky who introduced me to their membership. He's like Ron's here to tell you how much you have to set aside for retirement. And, you know, I got up there. I'm like, listen, I mean, you can set aside things for retirement to make your retirement better. Yeah. But it's already done for you. Right. I mean, you have you, you are putting money away from the first day, the first hour that you go on that job. Yeah. And it's a large percentage. Like, you know, I'd say 15 to 20 percent of your pay is being deferred for you for retirement. Now, you don't have a choice in the matter, but there isn't a single American who is, you know, starting his job that's setting aside 20 percent of their pay for retirement. Except, the, except and, in the union world or the building trade, right? It, it's the reason. It, right? It's the reason these retirements are so good. Yeah, and it's a good reason that people should consider union employment. I mean, think about what you just said. Your advice is you can set aside money for retirement, but you don't have to because the union's already doing it. I mean, yeah. What a position as as a young worker to be in. You know, I, I'm I, I've been again. I've been I've been in this world for a long time. I'm a true believer in in the unions and the trades and, and what they have to offer. Uh, Bert Walters from Powering Chicago, um, you know, we, I had a discussion with him about a year ago. And he said, Ron, just because, you know, you go into the elect- electrical apprenticeship doesn't mean you have to be an electrician. Right. You can, you can be in sales. Sure. You can, you can be a project manager, mm-hmm. be an estimator. You can be in leadership in the union. That's right. You can be an entrepreneur. You can own your own company. And start your own company. Absolutely. And you have a skill that nobody can take away from you. That's right. right. Yeah. And you have this unbelievable i i mean again i i've seen it thousands of success stories out there in in retirement like you're a financial planner you can be a financial planner sure yeah i mean but the, the beautiful thing about the unions i mean i mean i really don't have to do any planning it's done for them you know well if it doesn't work out you could always be a radio host like i said the people love you i uh you know i've always been told i have a face for radio so <laughs> I think we all do. Hey, uh, we're here talking with uh, Ron Winningham from Megan Financial. We really appreciate you taking the time to come down today. Uh, It's really informative, and I really enjoy hearing what you have to say and your perspective on it because you don't get it very often. So thank you so much for coming down. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ron. You've been listening to The Worker's Mic on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken Edwards. This is Ed Maher, and we will talk to you next sunday have a happy thanksgiving everybody absolutely the preceding episode of the workers mic was powered by the midwest coalition of labor and sponsored by megan financial premise health and voya financial for additional information and podcasts of the workers mic visit wgnradio.com